What's going on, guys? I want to thank TopNotchOdds.com, one of the best online sportsbooks out there. And uh, today we're going to be talking about sportsbooks on the show. And here's the thing. You have to have a nice variation of books. We're going to talk about market-making books, retail books, all the different variations and what you get online these days. And you need a good mix. So if you have a sports book you like, that's great. But I highly recommend adding at least a couple more. I think you should have a minimum of three sports books at any given time. Just to shop around, save some money, and it will save you a lot of money in the long run. When you're signing up for TopNotchOdds.com, put in promo code SHARPEDGE. That's going to get you up to a 200% deposit bonus that you can use over and over again. Online, TopNotchOdds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. What's happening? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, Concept Tuesday. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. All right, on today's show, we're going to talk about how lines are made, the process of what you see on game day, the line, the, the, the process that kind of goes into shaping and making these lines that create the entire market. Now, as I already mentioned, we're going to be talking about different sports books, how sports books play their role in this whole process. We're going to go through a lot of things today. I mean, First of all, like I said, how lines are made, why betting early is essential, and actually we're going to wrap stuff up by talking about the myth of public money. How often do you hear the sharps are on one side, the squares are on the other? We will debunk that on today's show. And actually, it was yesterday's NHL podcast that kind of got me thinking about this because during the show, we were talking about how important it is to buy lines early, and I kind of briefly touched on market-making books and so on and so forth on yesterday's show. But I thought today we'd go a little bit more in-depth with some of those concepts and uh, just bring you guys behind the curtain. Because honestly, if you're going to be betting, it doesn't matter whether you're a professional or you, you make whimsical bets a couple times a week, knowing how lines are made and knowing how the bookies work is essential. I mean, if you're going to beat the market, you have to know how the market works. I think that goes hand in hand. So on today's show, like I said, we're going to go take a kind of a 360 and talk about all this stuff. So let's start off with a simple process of how lines are made. And to talk about how lines are made, we have to start with the difference between sports books. Now, online, there are two different kinds of sports books. There are, well, it's not just online, actually. This is uh, in person, online. You get this in Vegas, wherever. There are two different kinds of sports books market makers and retail books. Okay. The first kind, market makers. These are the sharp books. These are the books that are willing to take sharp action, the books that come up with the lines. The market makers are the first ones to create the lines, okay? Market making books are very rare. Only about, I'd say, 5% of all sports books out there are market making books. Some examples of market makers Pinnacle.com, BetOnline.ag. Uh, the Westgate in Las Vegas. These are all books that create their own lines. These are market-making books. Now, 95% of other sports books are called retail books. These books, the majority of sports books out there, don't make opening lines. They wait. They sit and wait for the market makers to make their lines, and then the process starts. So the first step in the process is the market-making books, which is very few out there, come out with the lines. The pros or the early bettors adjust those lines. So the amount of money coming in is important, but it's actually more important the caliber of better placing those lines. And every sports book out there, whether it's the Westgate in Vegas, betonline.ag, topnotch.com, whatever it is, 
all sports books have a player profile. Every book that you use knows who you are, what kind of bets you place, if you're a winning better, if you're a sharp better. Maybe they know if you're winning in college basketball, but you're losing in the NBA. These books have a detailed profile on everybody. So I don't care whether you've gone 0 for 200 the last year and you haven't won a bet. The books know about you. They have a book on you. They have a profile on you. So market makers come out with the lines. Early bettors and early bettors who really have a lot of pull with the market the, 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 the betters that the market knows when, these guys adjust the line. And the way that the books do this is they offer very low totals. So this, uh, th- this allows the books a good amount of leeway or margin for error to be incorrect. Because if the books open up, let's use a hockey line, uh, Colorado Avalanche minus 130, and a couple really sharp pros come in and bet the Avs, the books are going to know, okay, we're probably cheap on the avalanche and they're going to adjust the line, but they save themselves because the limits are so low, they're not risking that much money and they didn't take that much in bets. So again, it's not necessarily the amount of money coming in, it's the, 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 the profile of the player or better making these bets that adjust the lines, okay? So eventually, the lines come out, they are slowly adjusted or the lines correct themselves and this all happens in about one to three hours, okay? So if I'm watching for, let, let's just talk about college basketball, because right now college basketball wrapping up. Obviously on tomorrow's Wednesday show, we're going to be talking about some college basketball. College basketball lines come out every day in between noon and one Eastern time, okay? Actually, I should say about one and two Eastern time. So if you know what you're looking for and you're a professional, you're going to be on these market-making books looking for these opening lines. Bets are placed, the lines adjust themselves, and, 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 and essentially correct themselves. And this, Like I said, this happens in about one to three hours, depending on the sport, the time of the season, the profile of the game. So this happens very, very quickly. And then after the lines are adjusted and corrected, and essentially all the pros have had their, their pickings, then... The lines are made available on all the other retail sites. So really, if you guys are betting online and you're not a part of a market-making book, you're missing out on a lot of opportunity. Now, if you're not betting early anyway, within the first couple hours of lines coming out, you wouldn't have the chance to make these bets anyway. But keep in mind, many of you who are using uh, square books or retail books and you're making your bet an hour before the game, these lines have been chewed up, spit out, and combed over by all the pros before it even reaches your book. So that's the main difference between market makers and retail books. Market makers come out with the lines, retail books wait for the lines to be adjusted by the pros, then take the adjusted lines and put them on their websites. And that's why betting early is so essential. If you're betting the NHL and you don't get lines within a couple hours of them coming out, you're missing out on all the value. If you like to bet the NFL, the most popular sport in America to bet, and you're waiting until Saturday or Sunday to make those bets, you're missing all the value. And what do I mean by that? Think about it. Let's talk about the NFL. If lines come out on Monday, which they do, the pros are going to make their bets on Monday or Tuesday. So if you wait until even Wednesday or Thursday, you're going to miss out on a lot of value, much less waiting till the weekend, which is when a lot of you guys wait and make your NFL bets. But if you wait till Saturday or Sunday to place an NFL bet, you're essentially saying, I know hundreds, if not thousands of professionals have gone through all these numbers and passed on all these numbers, but I think I've found an angle they all missed. And I think it's going to hit more than 53% of the time. 
That's ridiculous to think. It's just when you boil it down to those to to, to kind of that that angle. Who would ever win money waiting to bet late on any games? It's not necessarily just about being on the right side. It's about working the numbers, folks. And so betting early is so essential. I mean, lines move quickly. (laughs) It is a lot of the best lines, because as you guys know, hockey is my best sport. And I'll tell you, you have about 30 minutes to get these hockey bets in, because lines move quickly. They are rapidly moving. So that's kind of the difference between market making books, retail books, why betting early is so essential, especially on the market makers. But if you are part of a retail book, you still want to get those lines as early as possible. That is the key. If I'm going to boil everything down to one key in sports betting, you got to get these lines early. And that kind of gets me to the last point for today's show. And it's really interesting because what you hear a lot in the world, the more sports betting becomes more uh, normalized, right? Less taboo. It's legalized across the country. I mean, we are only a couple years away from it being legal in every state, maybe except Utah. And, and, And a lot of people doing it just for fun all the time, okay? But I have to address this point because it gets said all the time, but seemingly by really, really smart bettors. Now, now of course, you're going to get the idiots like people on ESPN or all these different pundit shows, you know, the Fox Sports shows with, with, with all these professional bettors who are talking about pro money and public money and things like that. But I'm going to talk right now about the myth of public money. Because as I said, sports media, the sports betting media is obsessed with the notion of public money. Well, the pros are on the... Uh, Colorado Avalanche tonight, but looks like the, uh, the, the the public money's coming in heavy on the Minnesota Wild. You hear this all the time. Pros versus Joes. The public's on one side. But guys, I'm here to tell you that, frankly, it's all bullshit. It doesn't matter. All this nonsense. And I believed this for a long time until I learned recently, actually, the in-depth workings of sportsbooks and how lines are made and how books work. I was a proponent of this for a long time. When we first started the show, this podcast, I would come on here all the time and say, uh, 60% of the money is on one team, 70% of the tickets on the other team. This is a pros versus Joes. Because, until, again, until you, get, until you understand what happens behind the counter and how these lines are made, you th- that makes sense. It seems to make sense that, well, all the pros are on one side, all the Joes are on the other side. Let's follow the professionals. But here's why this is bullshit. Here's why this doesn't really matter what side the public's on. And it has to do with the with what we just talked about, with market makers and retail books. Let's use a, a, a hypothetical football game for an example, because I know a lot of you guys like to bet the NFL. Let's say the Green Bay Packers open up on Monday as seven-point favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals, okay? Green Bay, Cincinnati, Green Bay is minus seven. Let's say the, the, the professional bettors really like Green Bay, and they hammer the Packers. The Packers then move from a seven-point favorite up to an eight-point favorite, okay? Then comes Sunday, and you turn on ESPN. And ESPN's having a discussion centered around, well, guys, the public is all over Cincinnati. Look at the money. 30% of the money, but 65% of the tickets coming in on Cincinnati plus eight. Public all over Cincy. So then you go to your sports book, and you say, well, the public's on Cincy. I want to be on against the public. I'm going to take Green Bay. The only issue is it's at a bad number. Green Bay has moved from 7 to 8. So the entire discussion they're having on ESPN is centered around a number that is bad. And the, the, the original number of, of 7 
All the professionals have that, and that number's not going to be available again on the market. So when you're talking about all the pros' money and all the Joes' money, it really doesn't matter because overall, the vast majority of lines available in the sports betting market are set by a few sportsbooks, just a handful of sportsbooks. They're adjusted by the pros, and they're muddied up. And then the retail books get all these bad lines, which then the public bets on. Because most retail books, or square books, are used by square bettors, or the public. Therefore, the money being reported as, quote, overwhelming public money is just coming in on these retail books long after the professionals have had their pick. The pros eat first. The public gets the scraps. So again, the vast majority of lines are being set by a handful of books. Therefore, if there's a huge wave of public action on any given team, any given side, it has little to no impact on what the line does or what the line will become. So this whole idea of public money, pro money is really misguided. It doesn't matter if the public is 65% on one side of a certain team. The retail books, again, almost always stay firm with their lines. Why? Well, let's say for that example, Green Bay goes from 7 to minus 8. If a, if a retail sports book opens up Green Bay minus 8 and gets a ton of money on Cincinnati, they often, often, almost 90 to- 99 times out of 100, won't move the line. Why? Because they're afraid to give pro bettors a rogue number. It's very rare. Any square book just moves their line based on action. That's a very, very heavy, very popular misconception. You know, if any of these books like Bavada, for instance, right? It's a very common square book. If Bavada takes one of these lines from a market maker and gets heavy action on one side, they just roll the dice. They just now sort of gamble with that game instead of going rogue, making it a different line, adjusting based on what they have as a sports book. So sports betting media is obsessed with public money, but the only issue is they're talking often about the bad number. Lines, the way that lines are created. The good numbers, the numbers that the pros get are only available for about an hour or two. Then all of the money after that, oh, all this pro money coming in on a certain team has no impact on the line. So again, if you hear on game day, the public's all over this team, the the pros are all over this team, it doesn't matter because they're talking about a bad line, a line that's already been adjusted by the pros. If they were to say on opening day and go back to the opening lines, what the pros were on, that's a different discussion, but that's not what they do. They wait until Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever it is. And they use this whole percent of tickets and percent of cash. And it's just, this is the flaw of the fade the public assertion. It makes absolutely no sense when you understand how the market makes lines. Really, the entire discussion is completely misguided. It doesn't matter what side the public's on. It doesn't matter what side the pros are on. What matters is can you beat closing line value by double the value of what the line moved every time. And actually, that's probably a a discussion for a different podcast. But my point is, it it doesn't matter what side the public money's on. What matters is buying lines early, buying lines that have value, and buying early in the week. So the whole fade the public idea, the whole thing of the public's on this side, the pros are on that side, it's all a bunch of bullshit. And now you guys know, next time you hear ESPN talking about that, you call them out. You know, you, you can you can say to whoever you're sitting with, hey, you know what they're talking about is actually not true. And now you guys know why. All right, that does it for today's show. Good luck tonight, everyone. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.